Kevin Mondro here, Coach Dro. Welcome back to the Tell Me Your Story Coach podcast. The podcast where we advocate coaches and help young coaches learn from the coaches telling these stories. Today, we are talking to Coach Michael Covington. Coach Covington is currently an assistant coach for Coach Greg Campy at Oakland University. And I had the pleasure to come to Oakland University and sit down with Coach Covington, or Coach Cov, as everyone knows him. I also recorded conversations with Coach Tony Jones, Coach Jeff Smith, and Coach Colin Shannon. In the coming weeks, I'm excited to share all four of these conversations with the Oakland men's basketball coaching staff. Honestly, though, I was blown away by these coaches. Coach Greg Campy has an incredible staff of coaches, mentors, and first-class men. And you soon are going to hear that Coach Cove is flat-out exceptional. I was simply mesmerized by his opening statement on why he coaches. It is simply as good as it gets. And trust me, Coach Cove is inspiring. I loved everything that Coach Cove said. His coaching future is so darn bright. We even had a battle with a Pepsi machine in the early part of this conversation. You might hear it buzzing in the background, and you better believe that Coach Cove so smoothly made that noise go away. Coach Michael Covington played for Coach Greg Campy from 1998 to 2002. A product of Pontiac, Michigan, Coach Cove finished eighth in the country with 7.1 assists per game during his senior year, and he ended his career with 514 assists. Coach Cove helped the Golden Grizzlies to the Midcon regular season title in their first year ever of Division I competition in 1999-2000. Coach Covington was named assistant coach at Oakland on August 9th, 2017. Before Oakland, Coach Covington coached 11 years at Pontiac High School, Melvindale Academy for Business and Technology, and Cornerstone Health and Technology High School. He also spent six years as head coach of the AAU Detroit Stars basketball team. In addition, Coach Covington coached with the family AAU team. Subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform that you are currently listening. Remember, we are everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Please keep telling your coaching friends about this podcast. The bigger audience we can create, the bigger impact we can make with younger coaches. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Instagram at Tell Me Your Story Coach. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Twitter at Coach Kevin Dro. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Kevin Mondro. And by the way, if you need fall gear and uniforms, check out my show notes below and connect with Moneyball Sportswear today. Enter the promo code DRO and gear up. Are you looking for a new book to read? I highly recommend the book Deep, The Life of Rob Murphy, Alive with Purpose. See my show notes how you can secure copy of this amazing book by Coach Murph. Finally, pre-order Rashad Phillips' book, Basketball Position Metrics. Rashad Phillips breaks down how the evolution of basketball has called for updated terminology for player positions. See my show notes for how you can pre-order this book by this incredible basketball mind. Oh, by the way, did you happen to see LeBron James? Tweeting with Rashad. Big time stuff, Rashad. Enough of Coach Dro. Let's get to Coach Michael Covington and tell his story. Cove, why do you coach? Uh, coach, because I'm very passionate about the game. I love to see differences being made in people's lives. I feel like that's the reason that, other than being a father, I think that's the reason why God created me. I didn't know it was going to be coaching, but I knew it was going to be something that impacts someone's lives. And being that you get to impact kids and young adults, I feel like one of my principles that I stand on is that the only way that you receive your blessings is that you give back to someone younger than you or much older than you. Now, that's my own philosophy, but that's what I stand on. That's my principles. I love to give back to these guys. I give them what's in me in hopes and in prayer that 
while my children are away from me, the next adult dealing with my child is doing the same. You talked about a principle, you know, what you stand on. Like, when did you develop this? I think I developed this at an early age. I come from a family of servants, meaning my grandfather was a preacher of the community. My uncles are in the community heavily. My grandmother, she took on the community heavily. She fed people all the time. She just did stuff out of the great kindness of her heart. And then my mother and father, that's what they did. Like, I come from what we call a gang of selfless people. So even growing up, my dad was an instrumental coach in the community, but he was more than that. He was a, he was a mentor to a lot of people. So I always tell people that I kind of share my father with the world and my mom also. Let's talk about your dad. For years, he was incredible to me. Just an incredible man, great coach, one-year coach, men and women at the same time. It was yeah. phenomenal. Oh, yeah. He was crazy for that. How did your dad really inspire you to want to be a coach? You talked about selflessness and being a servant leader, but like, just break your dad down. Like, What type of coach was he, and like, how did he inspire you to do this now professionally? Uh, I don't really think my dad inspired me to be a coach. Again, I think he inspired me to be a good coach honest person and a genuine person to people and in doing that try to always figure out where they are and see if you can't help now you can't help everybody but always have your your heart open to being willing to help and I think we started talking about coaching once he stopped coaching never talked to me about coaching while he was coaching and once he stopped coaching high school before he went on to Marygrove he thought he was done and he was just going to, you know, do the retirement thing. And then he just told me that he probably thought it was some guys that could need my help that he left behind. And that was guys like Brian Smothers, who's now the head coach of Wayne State, Martell Webb, who played at Michigan football, Tim Williams, who started here at Oakland University, Devontae Pryor played junior college basketball in Kalamazoo. So I just went in and was helping those guys out, like working out pretty much just trying to do it for myself to stay in shape. And we just got closer and closer and closer. And then I was on the sidelines. And it was the rest is history. Like every year, I tried to pull myself away from coaching and just work out guys because I wanted to stay in shape myself. And every year, more and more guys gravitated towards me. And I found myself getting closer and closer back to the game. One more thing on your dad. What type of father was your dad? Uh, my father was a straight shooter. He was a straight shooter. He he didn't really, he wasn't big on the heavy hand of discipline when it comes to, you know, you hear the stories about kids getting spankings all the time. My dad just was a straight shooter. Look, this is your decision. This is your life. You're either going to do it or you're not. And I'm not going to sit up here and go over and over and over with you. These are the rules of engagement. This is how you should conduct yourself. These are the people who I feel like you should be with. Now, you make the decision. Now, when I used to hit bumps in the road, we always had that heart-to-heart talk. You know what I mean? We, it, he always treated me like a man. He treated me like a man from the day I was, like, that I could remember. Never gave me anything, never any handouts. It was always, you got to earn this. You got to work for this. You got you to gotta do your part to get it. And if there was anything that I didn't understand, he didn't sugarcoat it. He didn't try to dance around it. He would give me the straight answer. He wouldn't let me. The world would let you figure some things out. But he also would tell you straight up to your face, this is what's going to happen. These are the consequences of your actions. Do as you may. What about your mom? Talk to me about your mom. Uh, my mother was early on. She wasn't really big into athletics. My mom, she was more into, uh, she was raised a heavy churchgoer. So 
when I was with my mom, it was like school, church. <laughs> like you're going to go to church. You're going to sing in the choir for your grandmother. You're going to yeah. do something in this church. You're going to serve some people. You're going to help. As I got older, she became more visible in athletics with me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She, her favorite team was always the Pistons and the Bad Boys. But she was working. My mom worked. My mom worked two, three jobs on a regular basis. Like, at the time, I didn't even really think of it. You know, like, kids won't see their parents at games and could get upset. I didn't think of it until I got older and had these conversations with different guys and different kids. And they was like, man, yeah, we didn't even see your mom like that. I was like, she, she was working. So I think I get a lot of my get up and go get it mentality from her. Like, to this day, my mom still wakes up at 4.30 every morning and walks five miles just because she feels like that's what you're supposed to do when she yeah. does her entrepreneurships. Yeah, she worked at Consumers Energy for my whole life, and she just grinded it out, and she did it without batting an eye or making any complaints. So you played in Pontiac. You had a great prep career, excellent point guard. I remember watching you. Leader on the floor. You're eighth in the country in assists your senior year. You helped Oakland transition to Division One. What was it like playing for Coach Campy? Uh, started off as a challenge. Right. Like any young kid, you know, you come in. I come from a system where we did a lot of running mm-hmm. in Pontiac Northern, and we got up and down a lot of, you got it, you kill your man that's in front of you, next dude do the same thing, and we're going to press, we're going to press, we're going to run. Got here, and it was just a switch. It was a change of scenery, and I had to adapt real fast. Uh, I love the fact that he didn't, Cut any shorts with me because I came from that. Being coached by my dad, being coached by Cy Green early in my high school career, rest his soul, always being tough. So what people thought was tough with camp, I had already been through that. Like I went through that in eighth, ninth, tenth grade. Like I used to tell my teammates, coach is just yelling. He's not even putting his hands on us. <laughs> so we good. Like naturally at times we didn't see eye to eye. Right. But uh, he helped me. What he did was – helped me to understand basketball because I thought at the time coming out of high school that I was this big-time scorer. I didn't understand that I was a better basketball player than just somebody who can put the ball in the hole. Mm-hmm. And he put me in a position to understand that by making me play the point guard position, which I had never played in my life. I always played with good point guards. Wow. So he threw me in the point guard position, and he really threw me out there you know, in the line of fire, like against teams like Cincinnati, Ohio State, when they were like Michigan State, when they are all the top dogs right. in the country. And um, it kind of like naturally clicked. And we used to talk about different things. And his main thing was always take care of the ball. Like, don't make sure we get into what we got to get into, you know. And as I got older, like I tell the guys now, as you get older, the yells calm down. Mm-hmm. Because now y'all can just have conversations. Right. You know, because you're maturing. He's learning you more, and you get better at playing for him and knowing his system and still being able to incorporate who you are. So I had a great time playing for him. I had a great time playing with my teammates here. Learned a lot, you know, even interracial, you know, coming from Pontiac Northern where, I mean, just being frank, never I didn't have any white guys on my team to come in here and some of my closest friends were, you know, like the Twins, the Champagnes, like we click instantly. And it just opened my eyes to, you know, this is how the world works. This is how we got to work. So I had Coach Campy on the podcast, and he absolutely raved about you, Cov. Point Blank said that even though you're going to do an unbelievable job here for Oakland, you're going to be really, really <laughs> sought after by other programs. And it was it was special. But he talked about this rebounding component that you did this year. Like, basically, rebounding was yours. 
He gave you a little direction, but it was yours. He empowered you every day with rebounding. And I thought it was a great example for probably how that's the type of leader he is with his staff. But what is it now like working for camp? Our relationship obviously is much better. You know, I don't I don't got to be the one getting cussed out. <laughs> but the empowerment and the autonomy to let me do and trust in my IQ of basketball and let me have my uh, impact on what the team does. Just like you said, for example, with the rebounding, he said, in offseason, Cub, rebounding is yours. Okay, so let me figure out, other than rebounding being a mentality, let me figure out how I can incorporate this into our DNA. And uh, just putting together different things and Coach kind of just giving me, again, the leash to do it. It just lets me know that as a staff and even working for him that we're, you know, Majority always on the same page. And all we want to do is win. So he knows me from formerly being a player to also being a coach before coming to coach here with him and now coaching with him. He knows my main thing is I just want to win. I want to win. I definitely want to win at Oakland. I play here, so that's just like in my blood to want to win for Oakland. Other than that, it's it's fun coaching with Coach, you know, because I get to be the guy when these guys don't understand I get to be the guy who can break it down to them in their turn, and then it kind of smooths things out. Not always going to be a smooth ride, but I can kind of plug up some of those potholes of them not understanding what's going on when coach really goes into one of his modes with them. I can just pull them to the side, and I can be the voice of reason, and they'll understand completely because they'll take the tone out and they'll take some of the words out, and then they're able to execute because I have that relationship of being a player for him, now being a coach with him, and also being a guy who relates to these guys a lot. What about the rebounding? Like, just how did you attack that? You said not mentality, but I'm so curious. Like, I was big when I was with Murph for 10 years. We It was different with the zone, but, like, how did you make that your baby? How did you make this part of a DNA for this program? Well, as much as I could, I just tried to do tough man drills. Tough man drills, energy drills, basically making sure that everybody knew the importance of when a shot went up, it had we had to make you take a tough shot, preferably take a long shot, and just making sure that you get a body on a body. You know, that's that's the main thing. Who nobody really can hit and hold box outs unless you're really down there in the trenches. But let's just make sure we don't get nobody just flying in, taking all the rebounds, and let's beat them to the punch. Let's put multiple plays together. So you mentioned before you got to campy high school aau i think you might have been 11 years you've been doing high school for a while 2006 2007 okay so when you're in the profession you run into so many high school aau coaches that want to be in college and obviously you played here had a connection with camp but like what's your approach when you mentor high school coaches aau coaches that really want to be college coaches like how do you fuel their dreams one i would say don't do it for the for the pay do it for the passion you got to have some passion for it because there's going to be days that you don't want to do it. It's going to be trips that you don't want to take. It's going to be kids that you don't want to deal with, per se. But your passion will always motivate you to do it again that next day. Also, stay relative. Stay relative. You know, before, when I was younger, I w- if I knew what I knew now, I would have did it fresh out of college. Mm-hmm. So, stay relative. Get with an AAU program, you know. Learn these coaches, learn these assistant coaches, learn these directors of basketball operations. These are a lot of things that I didn't pay attention to coming out because I still felt like I had that superhero mentality, like I'm going to play basketball forever. Mm -hmm. Basketball is easy. This is what I do. I didn't know the other side of it. So this is some of the same advice I gave Brian Smothers when he came out of Wayne State. We talked about what his next path 
should be. And the rest is history, him being the head coach right now. Yeah, for sure. And so I would, that would be it. Stay relative, be passionate about what you do, have a genuine love for wanting to impact and help kids in their life. And then obviously, you know, the X's and O's and studying the game and pretty much birds of a feather flock together, man. Like be around the game so much that everybody knows who you are when they see you and they know that you really love it and 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 say what you want. I'll tell you exactly what it was for me uh, when I was coaching AAU and I spoke with uh, Speedy. And he said, Cub, what do you want? Now, a few years before that, when I was coaching the Detroit Stars, we just had talented teams, and I never was, I was just looking to keep developing guys. And a college coach asked me at the time, Cub, like, when do you, they were recruiting from me, when do you start doing something for yourself? And in my mind, like I told you before, I am. My blessings come from helping kids. But it's another side to it. And he said, if we're always the ones coming to you for players and you're the one getting them ready for us, why wouldn't you be on this side and continue to do the same thing to get them ready for the next level? So fast forward, when I started coaching for the family and I spoke with Speedy, he asked me and he, I told him, I said, man, I honestly, I think it's time for me to take a shot at being a college coach. He was like, okay, say no more. Whatever <laughs> you need, I'll help you out with it. Yeah. And he told me, he said, I think you'll be a terrific coach. Like, I think you got what it takes. I watched you play, you know your dad, the whole history. So that was kind of my transition period. Duran Speedy Walker, you've mentioned his name now a couple times. Who is Speedy? Who is Duran Walker? A legend. I put him, guys like my dad, guys that's been around the game, especially in Michigan. Right. For so long, have impacted so many lives, and they did it. They made the blueprint. They laid the blueprint to come from the bottom where it's like, don't give me a handout and watch what I do. I'm not going to put my hand out and ask you for anything. I'm just going to get it done. Mm-hmm. So similar stories, AAU got started around this way in Pontiac and in this area with my dad because he just named it. City League All-Stars. Speedy got it started in Detroit with his free camp in the hood. And next thing you know, you got all the best players that want to be around you. It just generates itself. And you watch these guys grow up. Then you start seeing that you're being an impact on their lives. Then they start going to college and impacts in high school. So that's why I say he's a legend because anybody who can take nothing, which what some people would call nothing, where we come from, but actually it's something and they blow it up and make it into something that's nationally known where you can't go anywhere where someone can't talk about it. If you're talking about Michigan basketball, you're a legend. You know, everyone talks about your great feel for the game. You just mentioned a couple of times about developing players. How do you approach getting guys better on the floor? Repetition. Like I'm big on repetition, big, big, big on repetition. I feel like you got to do it every day. I use this kind of a common theme that I came up with when I speak to kids at camps, I say, um, unless you're a person who just has filthy hygiene, if when you wake up in the morning, you're going to wash your face and you're going to brush your teeth. <laughs> For sure. So if you want to do this basketball thing, if you don't do it on a daily basis, it should feel like you didn't brush your teeth or wash your face. Mm. So you should get up and do something every day to improve yourself. Now, my part in that is that I just study guys' game. I study their strengths. I study their weaknesses. I'm going to help you to continue to 
make your strengths even stronger. And I'm going to help you to make your weaknesses, sharpen them up. I'm going to make you aware of your weaknesses, what you can't do. And build on that so you can at least leave my presence and say that I got better. And then the other part about it is I really believe that guys respect you when they see that you're willing to go through it with them. Mm. You don't just say, well, I did it this way and here, go do it. Like, right. You actually watch a little film with them, show them, take it to the court, incorporate it. Now it's incorporated. Now we're going to rep this every day. Right. We're going to rep this every day until it becomes second nature. And once it becomes second nature, we're going to build onto it. We're going to add to it. We're going to add to it. And then next thing you know, it's going to start working in the game and you're going to end up doing it. And you're going to look over to the sideline. We won't both hit that little smile like, yeah, I told you it worked. Like it works, you know. So, and that part right there helps to build that relationship because uh, I really feel like kids don't care about what you know until they know how much you care. So, I'm I'm going to take that and incorporate it on the floor every day. Reps, like, give me an example of just something simple that you would rep out, especially with my guards. Mm-hmm. Is going to be able to get downhill, yeah, play off two feet, using your pivots, using your shot fakes to get shots off or make a play for someone else. And then you can never do enough shooting. Just game, speed, shooting. And watching some people work out. Like a lot of people like to criticize this guy. But I I took a lot of just how to approach a workout mm-hmm. watching Russell Westbrook work out. And when I was spending time out in L.A. every summer, seeing him work out in the mornings and just how hard he was going. Now, he may not be your best jump shooter. He may not be your favorite player. Right. But behind the scenes – Nobody worked harder. So I was feeling like knowing the history of him and how he kind of was an underdog, this is the approach that everybody should take. You should get in the gym, you should rep, and you should rep, and you should rep at game pace very hard and make sure that you're mastering your craft. So spending time film analyzing someone's game, that that takes a lot of time and effort. One of the things I struggled with was when I was in college was pre and post staying with the guys. Like, like, is it just natural for you to get in the gym with the guys pre or post or another time? Like when you can get these reps in? Yeah. It's more natural than coaching to me because like I told you, I really got started in this. Mm-hmm. I just helping guys develop their game. I wasn't planning on being a coach. Right. And I was doing stuff on the floor with them. And that was our natural attraction. You know, that's what I usually call the magnet to the refrigerator. It just comes together. You know, so being on the floor, being able to watch film, and now, even now, I watch film, and I may see something, but I may not be with the guy. Mm-hmm. But I'll use my phone to record it, and I'll send it to him and talk over it. Yeah. Like, look, right here is where you should have, boom, or right here is where you should have swung it, cut through, got it back, came off a ball screen, and then you would have been able to make the same pass that you tried to force that led to a turnover. And, you know, we'd go back and forth in dialogue and text message like, okay, they'd be like, Cub, I see I see what you're saying. I got you. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't always have to be me and you in the room or, man, come on, let's go watch film. And I'll do this at 2 in the morning <laughs> because you got, what are they going to do first? They're going to wake up and they're going to check their phone. Right. First when thing they, out of practice. <laughs> yeah. First, first thing out of anything they do. When they brush their teeth, they got their phone in front of them. So I know you've seen and heard what I said. And if you're a real player and we already have this relationship built, when you see the clip, before we even get to the part that I want you to see, you already know what's coming. Because, one, you're the player who did it. 
Two, we probably briefly discussed it in a moment. You know, during the game, you briefly discuss something, you're on to the next. But I'm going, I'm revising back over this because this is something that I don't want to happen again. So now we have a longer stretch of time to be able to do it and understand where I'm coming from. And you have the autonomy to tell me exactly what you were feeling in that moment. We have to have a common meeting. I got to meet you where you're at. I can't just always assume I'm the most right person in the room. Getting downhill, attacking someone's hip, finishing off two. You know, sometimes, you know, that's a natural skill. How do you develop that? Like turning that ball screen and, and getting by somebody like that. That's pretty high level. Like, how do you break that down? Always being in attack mode. You know, if they don't make you pick up your dribble. If, if the help isn't there, there's a gap there. Get there. Get there. Especially now you can't touch anybody. Right. <laughs> right. So you should just be able to turn corners. Like you get a screen, a clean screen. Especially if it's a big on you, I feel like you should be able to just turn that corner on that big. And then just being under control. Now, do we do it often in a game? No, because it doesn't always present itself. Right. But it's not because we don't drill it and not because we don't put an emphasis on it. Because I would much rather you honestly get downhill, get in two feet, sink the defense, kick out. So that's that's more of my reasoning for wanting you to get two feet in the paint. It's almost like a post-touch. Everybody's going to turn their head and look and see what's going on. You make one slight move as a shooter, you're going to have a wide-open shot. Penetration has the same effect. I love watching you on the bench. You do an amazing job. Guys come out and Coach Campy greets them either way, positive, negative. But the more I remember watching Coach Campy, it's you can tell that guys are really playing for him, running through a wall for him. But you do an awesome job on the bench of just like making your point quickly to guys that come out. I struggled with that. Just I was maybe so in tune to the game or the scout or just the flow. Like, How do you approach that, like your bench mentality? Uh, a lot of times I just try to keep it simple because mm-hmm. being a player, I know that one thing, if you're a real player, you're harder on yourself than any coach can ever be. So that's being a real player. Now, we don't have – you have fake players. But, <laughs> <laughs> nah, but you have guys who, who – when I say fake players, you got guys who say that they don't feel they did nothing wrong. Right. And we really don't have a time to go through a whole speech. Right. Like, I got to tell you exactly what I've seen, but I got to make you understand why it's for the betterment of the team. Yeah. And not – this is just not for you. I'm going to say what I have to say, and that's going to be the end of it. Like, I don't – it's not up to me to judge whether or not you got the full message. Mm-hmm. I'll know it in your actions when you get back on the floor. Now, all of this took place way before the game. This took place in practice. This is how I coach in practice. Mm. When we got dead balls, I go holler at my point guard. Really? Hey, you should have did this. Yeah. Okay, Covey, I see what you said. When we got dead balls, I go talk to the big. In the last couple plays, you didn't get a body on somebody when you first went down the floor or why you didn't sprint to that ball screen or just a a reiteration of what you should be doing. You already know it. So when I say it to you in the game, if we got to revisit it, this isn't new. This isn't something I'm just plucking out of the air just because I feel like I'm a coach and I have to say something. Right. No, because sometimes guys come to the sideline, and if they're playing bad, I just say, "Yo, keep your head up, man. You just pay attention. When you pay attention, <laughs> when you're ready to go back in there, right? You need to be able to lift us, impact us, or make sure that we this ship keeps sailing at a good pace." So you've talked about these text messages helping guys relate because you played for fourth camp, 
creating the, everyone talks about Cove has these amazing relationships with his players. I'm sure it just comes natural, but like, how have you developed these relationships with your players? I speak their language. I joke with them, you know, play with them, but every day, every day, I treat them fair. Now, we also know as coaches, it's not always equal. Because you're going to equal, you got guys play 38 minutes, you got guys play two. That's not equal. But the same guy who's not playing minutes, I treat him fair. So when I come in every day, if I'm not the first one here, which usually is probably Blake Lampman is probably the first one here, but I greet everybody. What's up? How you doing? Touch everyone. Yeah, touch everybody. How was, how your people doing? You know what I mean? What's going on? Quick little something. Same way that you say I interact with them on the bench. It's the same interaction every day in practice. Throughout practice, joking with them. You know what I mean? They go by. Dude maybe holding the ball. Hey, tighten up. Knock the ball out of his hand. Do the same thing with my managers. I do the same thing with the managers. Because I feel like, and we just got a glimpse of it a couple of years ago. COVID. COVID almost took us all out. Not physically. Right. For but, sure. You know what I mean? Like, we were in a dark spot. So, there's so much negativity in this world. Why would I add to it? It doesn't need me. It's already taking its own shape and form. I just feel like I should be different from it, and that's my way of approaching the guys, approaching the game, approaching my my job, you know, my relationships. I'm just going to come with positive energy, and I'll tell anybody, if you're going to always be a negative person, that doesn't impact me. That impacts you towards me. I'll leave it alone. I'll step away from you because all I want is positive energy in my circle. Now, in order to do that, you have to know what's negative and what's real. Some stuff comes off as negative, but it's really real. So I just always try to give guys the real me. So I can't come in here and not talk to you. I can't come in here and not dap you up. I can't come in here and not say what's up and check on you. Because this, who knows, you know, who knows what what went on yesterday. Right. Who knows what's going to go on later on today. But I don't want my last thought or whatever of you to me or me to you to be a negative one. I've observed you on the road. Really high-level evaluator, super dialed in. You guys obviously have tremendous players here at Oakland, and that takes work, relationships. How have you developed your own personal recruiting philosophy? Uh, One, knowing what the program needs. Got to know what we need to go forward and be successful. And then, two, just really evaluating talent in the whole form. How do guys react to their coaches? How do guys react to their teammates? How do they take constructive criticism? What type of energy are they putting out on the floor? Again, positive energy. What type of energy are you on the floor? And then after that, just getting to know these guys. You know, as far as building relationships, as far as other guys that's in the business, I'm just myself, man. I can't I can't do any other job. I right. I have to be myself. So I'm gonna be a cool guy. I'm very laid back. Some people say I'm very nonchalant, you know, but Love to have engaging basketball conversations. And, again, I'm going to treat you fair. Now, how you treat me, is what, that's up to you. <laughs> I'm going to treat you fair, you know, and I'm going to greet you when I see you. I'm going to say what's up. And if we have anything that we you want to talk about, we can talk about it. If there's been anything between us and I feel some type of negative energy, I'll address it, not with any negativity, but I'll address it. But that just lets you know that, I'm transparent. There's nothing hidden with me. What's your mindset? Like you see someone, we don't have to be specific. You see someone, how do you 
create this attraction to Oakland University to play for Coach Campy? Like, what's your approach in just trying to make a connection? I don't tell kids what they want to hear. I tell them what they need to hear. And then I bag it up with facts. So at every position, I'm going to show you somebody who played your position that was successful. The game is very similar to yours. I'm going to make it very relative. And the fact that coach has been here for so long, <laughs> it's not like I'm telling you something that happened with another coach. Right. And we're trying to input that into this coach. Now, this is the same coach that coached this guy before you that looks and plays like you and is willing to let you do some of these same things to be successful also. And then I just, you know, I pledge to them that how much I'm going to try my individual self. I'm going to try to make them improve to be the best basketball player they can be. And our track record around here for graduating students. Yeah. Student athlete. Coach has done a phenomenal job with it. You know, over his years of being here, hundreds of guys have graduated when they stuck it out and stayed all the way through. And then guys who didn't graduate, he still allows them to come back on their own terms and helps them out to be able to finish up. You know, because you get older and you're like, oh, I got to get this degree. Right. And guys come back and finish. Yeah, that's that's so incredible. I, that's my approach to recruiting. I try to tell parents that same thing I told you before. At the same time I'm with your kid, someone is with my kid. So I feel like if I'm treating your kid terrible and not genuine and being fair, that could, the same thing could be happening to my kid at the same time. And that's not a that is not a good feel on my conscience. So I got to treat your kid as if they're mine with real love, genuine, and fair. So you've mentioned this word about six or seven times, impact. What is impact to Coach Cove? Being able to incorporate some of my principles on a kid and seeing that it gave them a positive outlook going forward that they can take with themselves for life. Mm. Just not basketball-wise, because everybody's not going to be able to continue to play basketball. So what did I give you that you can hold on to for life that can one day you revisit and it'll help you out again? That's a beautiful answer. So I mentioned Coach Campy raved about you, and I know your focus is helping Oakland win this year. But like long-term, how do you approach networking? Like how do you approach your next move? Again, I just stay relative with guys. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's, I don't I don't necessarily – Call or communicate with guys, right? Saying, "Man, when you get a job, let me get a job." I mean, you know, I don't do that. I just if I go across the ticker and see that some guys that I know won, I just shoot them a text message, "Man, congratulations, good win, big win." Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. I just with today's technology, you get to see everything that's going on with everybody. And if you're in my call log, then I don't have a problem with making a cold call and reaching out just mm-hmm. to say what's up. You know, because so many people call people when they need something and nobody just calls to check on people you know like my oldest daughter called me the other day and was like what's up dad i was like what's up what you need (laughs) she was like i just can't call and check on you i was like oh all right cool that feel good you know what i mean so i feel like that's that's how it goes you know just just call Say what's up. If you get to talking about basketball, if they respond through the text message, whatever the case may be, it's still, I'm going to be the initiator of the genuine feel. How you receive it and how you respond, that's on you. That's not going to change who I am. Mm. I'm going to continue to be who I am, you know, and I've been able to gain relationships like that. Even when guys, 
when I had AAU programs and guys weren't recruiting my guys, I didn't call them to say, man, look at this kid. Like I knew what kids were what level. Man, you need to – I wouldn't just rave about a kid who I knew couldn't play at that level. I would just call and say, coach, what's up, man? Like how y'all team looking? You know what I mean? How you feeling? How your kids doing? Tell your wife happy birthday. Things like that. It's nothing – it's never been job-driven for me. It's always been be who you are, be genuine. You've made it this far by being who you are, and people will continue to like you for being exactly who you are because I can't be anybody else. I can't be anything else. So, Cove, I got to ask you this. I'm not sure you know. My wife and I, we adopted a, a black son. We have a black son mm-hmm. at birth. I saw the pictures. Yeah, and you've mentioned your daughters now a few times. What would be your best advice for a white man raising a black son? Just be loving. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Don't cut no corners. I think you lead with love, man. Teach what you know. Teach what you know. Like, it's not hitting that coming from my community. It's a curse to we don't have, we didn't have access to a lot, right? So we had to learn a lot on the fly, and you had to learn it while losing in a lot of those situations. So whatever you gained coming from where you come from, the knowledge that you have going forward, give all that to him and give it with love. And it'll resonate. It'll resonate and always teach, always share. Don't hold anything back. You know what I mean? Give those experiences because who knows if he wouldn't have, been able to be adopted into your family, what would have happened? He could have been one of these millions of kids who never get out of the system. The system is a cruel system. So if you can take what's in that system that he was about to be facing and switch it up so he will never feel like he was ever in the system and so he'll never see color, then you win because you did what God placed this kid in your life to do. And at the end of the day, you can't shelter him from the world. Right. What's going to happen is what's going to happen. He's going to deal with some stuff. But as long as he know that you and your wife always got his back, it can soften that blow. Same thing as I dealt with some stuff. But my pops was always there to soften that blow. My mom's was always there to soften that blow. And that right there, and even seeing some of my peers that I grew up with who didn't have that foundation, I know how much more important that is and growing up and even teaching my daughters, like, you're going to go through some stuff. I'm going to give you the male perspective of it, the part that you don't want to hear. Right. I'm going to tell you how this world, per se, treats black males or how they perceive us to treat women. But at the end of the day, know that you got me to lean on for whatever you need, whenever you need it, however you need it, I got you. So, Cove, I always end the podcast. What are some simple tips for young coaches? I'll go back again to be passionate about what you do. Stay in the gym with these guys. Develop them. Mentally, develop them. Physically, develop them. Help them understand that they're more important than just being a basketball player. But in saying that, understand the responsibilities that come with being a basketball player and how far this game can really take you. Like, show them really dig into it and really help them. Like I had a conversation with a kid. I'm sorry, I'm getting off, but I had a, con- <laughs> had a conversation with a kid last night that uh, played for me. And now he's about to uh, turn pro. Mm-hmm. But nobody ever seen it coming. He was like, yo, you, you seen it. 
And all you did was make me work. And he was like, man, I'll be playing against pros now, NBA guys, and it's like, it's easy. And nobody ever seen me come this, get to this route. He was like, but you did it every day with me, and you didn't ask for nothing. So the passion, sticking with these guys, you never know what's going to come out of it. Because at the end of the day, you're probably just teaching these guys to get up and get out and get something. Mm-hmm. And it may not even be basketball, but you're teaching them to be men or you're teaching them to be young women and to – to hold their own and be able to be responsible, active, and and productive people in our community. Well, Cove, I think I know your dad fairly well, and I've been thinking about your dad this whole entire conversation. He should be really, really proud. You're a tremendous man. You're an elite coach. Oakland's really fortunate to have you, Coach Campy, these players every day. I'm just super appreciative that you would be so honest. You would help young coaches, and you would take some time out of your schedule to do this, help me, and make an impact with people. Yeah, I appreciate it. Colin first asked me, he was like, you want to do this podcast? I was like, no. Nah. <laughs> and then he told me, he was like, well, Mondro want to know. And then I thought about it. I was like, no, no, Joe's pretty cool. Like, yeah, we can do it, you know. So I appreciate you having me on. You know what I mean? I appreciate you letting me be transparent, open up yeah. some of the questions. I appreciate you giving shouts out to my dad. I mean, like he, again, he does a lot of stuff selfless where he doesn't want any recognition for anything. He just does it again. Appreciate being here at Oakland. Coach Camp gave me an opportunity. I'm going to ride it out. I'm going to try to build on it. You know, I appreciate your acknowledgement of my daughters. You know, I appreciate your acknowledgement of me and from afar seeing how I try to be, once again, an impact on the game through the kids. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to being in your call log moving forward, Cub. So much, much love and respect, and thank you so much. All right, thanks. That was a great conversation with Coach Michael Covington. Here are some things that I love that Coach Cove said. And why does Coach Cove coach? He loves to see the difference being made in people's lives. This is why God created me. And the only way you receive your blessings is to give back someone younger than you or older than you. I give them in what's me and hope that when my children are away from me, the next adult dealing with my child is doing the same. Coach Cove referenced this point many times in the podcast. I thought this was absolutely awesome. I come from a family of servants. We are a gang of selfless people. I share my father with the world. I think that I got my get up and go get it mentality from my mom. I liked when he said Coach Campy helped me understand basketball by putting me in the point guard position. He said, take care of the ball, Cove. How about Coach Cove's advice for coaches wanting to get into college? Don't do it for the pay. Do it for the passion. Stay relative and have a genuine love for wanting to impact kids in their lives. I love when Coach Cove said, my blessings come from helping kids. Again, so good. How about who is Durand Walker? Coach Cove called him a legend. He laid the blueprint to come from the bottom. Coach Cove's thoughts on player development, in my opinion, were excellent. Big on repetition. Have to do it on a daily basis. Guys respect you when you go through it with them. Rep it every day, so it becomes second nature. Kids have to know that you care. Game speed shooting. Coach Cove loved watching Russell Westbrook work out. How hard he was going. Get in the gym and rep at game speed. How about when Coach Cove talked about being a real player? Really, really good. On how Coach Cove creates real relationships with his players? Treat them fair every day. Greet everyone. Joke with them. I'm going to come with positive energy. I want positive energy in my circle. Actually, his entire breakdown of positive energy, to me, again, so darn good. On Coach Cove's recruiting thoughts, know what the program needs. Evaluate talent in the whole form. I'm going to treat you fair. I tell kids what they need to hear, and I'm 
going to back it up with facts. I pledge to them. I'm going to make them the best basketball player that they can be. Treat your kid like they are mine. How about Coach Cubs' definition of the word impact? What did I give to you that you can hold on for life? And Coach Cubs' advice for me, lead with love. Truly, truly appreciate your advice, Coach. Thank you, Coach Michael Covington, for sharing your story. Subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform that you are currently listening. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Instagram at Tell Me Your Story Coach. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Twitter at Coach Kevin Drow. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Kevin Mondro. Again, if you're looking for high-quality athletic gear and uniforms, check out Moneyball Sportswear. And if you need a new book, you have to grab a copy of the book Deep, The Life of Rob Murphy, Alive with Purpose. If you are looking for another amazing book that is coming out soon, pre-order Rashad Phillips' book, Basketball Position Metric. Stay safe. I can't say this enough. Be you. Keep coaching. And see you on the next episode of the Tell Me Your Story Coach podcast.